for any jurors that might be coming on here by accident, because I know you wouldn't be on here during a trial, but if you're coming on here for an accident, okay, this should work now here. There they are. Uh, this is the time to turn the stream off. Turn the stream off. That way you do not get yourself in trouble. That is judges the Judge Corley has said that many, many times. Let's get into day number three of the Sack Simmons trial. This is Friday afternoon, obviously, here, and there's no uh, trial today on Friday, as, as we all knew that was going to happen because the courthouse is closed. 89ers, uh, the county offices are closed for 89ers, so the courthouse uh, was closed. I'm, you know the attorneys are working uh, in this case, but uh, no, no trial today on Friday. We will get things done. Back up on Monday, I I think I I projected last week that I think it would end on Monday. There's a chance we might go into Tuesday. I think, but the uh, uh, the state I think is getting ready to rest on Monday morning, and then the defense will have their chance there. So here's some of the disclaimers. Here's some of the disclaimers here on, on what I do here, and a lot of people have been interested in this trial. Here are the disclaimers. If you're a juror or a prospective witness and you haven't been on the stand yet, turn it off now. We're not going to be discussing this in front of Judge Corley. Judge Corley is a very nice man, but he, uh, will, not, uh, he will not be happy if someone is watching this. So if you're a juror or a witness... Turn it off. I am not responsible for your actions. So, uh, Judge Corley, if this comes into evidence, there is my disclaimer for those folks there. Uh, I will not try to share too much opinion. I will. Uh, I, I'm sitting there. And a lot of people can't go to these trials, so I, I feel like I, if I go, I can kind of go back and forth and let people know. So, uh, these are just my opinions. My opinion does not matter, but I'm trying to relay the trial to you without the eight hours of testimony uh, each day. Um, so my opinion means nothing. It's about those 12 jurors. I know more information that they will not have stuff that happened before this incident, stuff that happened after this incident, stuff before and after the incidents do not come into play into this trial. This is simply this case here. So uh, the jury will only hear uh, not the whole, whole scope, but the whole scope in this, in this trial here. So, Parade starts at noon. Okay, I'm going to stay focused here on the trial. So day three of the trial, which was on Thursday, was the first day. Uh, I thought the first two days, Scott Adams, and the, uh, who is the attorney for Zach Simmons, I thought Scott Adams and the defense won both days. Thursday was the first day I went, hmm, okay. I can kind of see where this is might be going for the state now. Uh, Dexter Pugh, Lieutenant Dexter Pugh for the Guthrie Police Department, he testified. Uh, Sergeant Scott Betterton of the Guthrie Police Department testified yesterday. And Lieutenant Bruning of the Guthrie Police Department testified. Uh, Lieutenant Mark Bruning is the lead investigator uh, in this case. And uh, I'll get to Officer Pugh and Officer Betterton here in a second. Uh, as they uh, Also, uh, Sam Kohler of the Guthrie Fire Department also testified yesterday. Uh, Lieutenant Mark Bruning, as expected, was on the stand the longest uh, that day. So let's go in order. Uh, if you missed the first two days of, of what I'm doing here, the, those are on YouTube. Those are on Facebook. Those are also on all the podcast platforms. Uh, 
uh, Apple, Spotify, all that good stuff. So uh, there's been a lot of a lot of listens on the on the podcast page. So that's that's been. Uh, great to see. Okay, so the first, uh, the state called Lieutenant Dexter Pugh, who is the lieutenant of the Guthrie Police Department. He is the per- patrol shift for midnight, still is. And so he is the officer in charge at the scene. There's other officers there, but he is the supervisor. And uh, one of the interesting things on my notes here, it was a, he was on the stand for a little while, but I didn't write down everything. I just kind of wrote down what, what you guys would want to know. Uh, but... If you remember, Josh Roeder uh, was part of the, uh, the, the, uh, the group with Mandy Gorsuch, Jenny, uh, Jenny Gorsuch, Tommy McClure, and Josh Roeder. Those were the four. Josh Roeder said he's the one after the, after the car pulled out and Mandy was struck. Josh is the one who took off trying to run to get Zach Simmons but couldn't catch up to him, uh, was trying to get a tag number. Josh Roeder said even if – on. On, on the stand said, even if I were able to get his tag number, I wouldn't remember. I have a bad memory, and I, I wouldn't do it. However, that, uh, Lieutenant Pugh testified yesterday that Josh Roeder gave him a tag number. And uh, Lieutenant Pugh didn't ask how Josh got it. He didn't ask uh, if he got it or someone told him. Don't know how Josh Roeder got it, although Josh Roeder testified that he didn't get it. Even if he did get it, he would remember. So, uh, again, that was a lot of confusing testimony uh, in the first two days uh, from the Mandy Gorsuch side of of her group of friends. It was just kind of all over the place. Um, So I thought that was interesting. They read the tag number, and uh, indeed it was. I don't know if that was the the tag number that went to the truck or not, um, but – Witnesses knew uh, inside the bar that there was kind of back and forth with a Zach Simmons, so they were able to figure it out. So did the tag number actually come back? Was it correct? Not sure. Uh, two passengers, un- uh, Lieutenant Pugh testified, unable to locate Zach. Um, they found out that it is Zach, so they had Logan County go out and try to find him at his mall hall home. He was not there. Fast forward, he ended up going to Dover to his girlfriend, now wife's house, Mallory. Uh, who was in the truck with Zach. Uh, Lieutenant Pugh testified Tommy had signs of intoxication but was coherent. Uh, Josh had signs of intoxication uh, but uh, was able to talk to him. And uh, Jenny was extremely upset. She did have signs of intoxication. uh, If you recall the first couple of of these here, uh, they were all drinking, went to – Went to Roosters, blow out the jungle, and back to Roosters. So they were uh, having a night uh, on the town. Cross direct, uh, Scott Adams, the attorney for Zach Simmons, and again bragging up on him on the first couple. But uh, not sure how Josh got the tag, but gave it to gave it to him, and that's what we're talking about. And so we're going through the testimony of Lieutenant Powell, and then boom. Power goes out in the entire courthouse. From my understanding, uh, power went out throughout downtown. I'm not sure if it went to residents or not, but the power was down. Judge Corley uh, asked the um, the jurors to go upstairs, and by the time they started moving up to go upstairs, the power came on. But uh, nonetheless, Judge Corley said it's time for a morning break, and then they took off, and then uh, it was fine. So that happened at 9.54. It was probably down 30 seconds, but it felt like it was going to be – an all-day type deal, or not, not necessarily all-day, but hours maybe. We've all gone through those. You never know when it's going to come on. But luckily, uh, it came on. That was kind of weird to see in a uh, in a criminal trial. Logan County. All right. Uh, 
Still on cross with Lieutenant Pugh. Someone told Pugh Zach did this on purpose. That was uh, that was back and forth a little bit. Uh, who told Lieutenant Pugh that he did it on purpose? Probably I. We I don't think we ever found out. Um, there was I don't think there was anything in Lieutenant Pugh's report that who told him that Zach did this on purpose. Someone's opinion, uh, and that's why that's why we're here on on the trial. Did he did he know? Did he not know? As far as leaving the scene of a fatality accident, that's what he's charged with: leaving the scene of a fatality accident. If found guilty, he can be punished up to ten years. Uh, but uh, someone told Lieutenant Pugh that they did it on purpose. However, that was not in uh, Lieutenant Pugh's report. Um, Tommy was in the bar when he said it was on purpose, believed it was on purpose. So maybe, maybe it was, it was Tommy. So, um, the next, the next witness was Sergeant Betterton for the Guthrie police department. And Sergeant Betterton was actually the first, uh, person on the scene. And, uh, I didn't, I don't have any notes. He was on there real fast, but, um, um, he was the first on the scene kind of helped out, uh, Lieutenant Pugh on some things. I know uh, Scott went over to the blowout to look for some video, talked to some people, didn't really get a whole lot over from the blowout. So um, not a whole lot of news uh, that I took down from Sergeant Scott Betterton. Did a good job on the stand, though. Uh, Sam Kohler, Guthrie Fire Department. Uh, he was a, he was the paramedic uh, that was on the scene. Uh, a few firefighter fires, but he was the paramedic. Uh, on the scene, uh, he said he uh, Mandy communicated clearly with him when he got to the uh, uh, to the scene. There was abrasions on uh, her upper right chest area, but he didn't see any major trauma. Um, and I don't get too graphic, but you not what you would expect for someone getting over just a few abrasions. I think there might have been some on the head, but nothing uh, what you would think with a audio auto pedestrian accident. Uh, and then they had some photos, exhibits 30 through 37 of the photos uh, of Mandy Gorsuch. I don't know if it was uh, in the ambulance or at the hospital, but they had some uh, some some photos of her. And obviously, uh, with the family uh, to my left, uh, most of them uh, looked down during those photos as uh, I, I was ready for people to walk out because I know I would probably have to have had my head down. I don't know if I would want to look at anything. It wasn't anything uh, gory, but still, if you see your loved one with all the medical stuff on them, I it's it was it was tough for them. A lot of them couldn't look. They, uh, as you can imagine, were crying, having a hard time, uh, not looking, but still listening. Most of them had their head down. Uh, so, um, just one of those moments when you see one attorney go to another attorney, show them the photos, make sure they're okay to to put in the evidence, and you're like, here we go. You know, you, I've been to a few of these trials, and you just kind of know what's going to happen. And it's just the Tough, tough deal that the family has to relive this again, but um, hopefully closure is coming. Not that they would forget, but so anyway, uh, they showed they show the photos. Um, they put her in the ambulance, uh, put Mandy in the ambulance, and she goes into uh, respiratory arrest uh, on the way to the hospital. They were headed to OU Medical Center for level two, uh, but then she started declining and they immediately went to Edmond Integris because it was simply the nearest hospital and they had more machines than what the uh, paramedic did uh, that the ambulance would have uh, inside there. So they went to Edmond, and uh, she was pronounced dead at 1.13. Um, they were able, uh, able to see a little bit uh, of abrasions on her head. They were real small, uh, right chest abrasions. Uh, she had abrasions on her left side. 
and uh, a little bit on her lower back as well. No injuries on her hands. Uh, the the report did show that there was a, a strong odor of alcohol and the uh, trying to remember who it was I think it might have been the state but they said you know the strong odor could have been uh, drinking beer could have been poured on her you know strong odor doesn't necessarily uh, what's it mean it's interpretation not sure so. Um, that's the police and medical side of this. And if there's questions, I think I can get to those here in a second. I see one question being asked, uh, the punishment. If found guilty, the most uh, that Zach Simmons can face is 10 years in uh, prison. Up to 10 years is the uh, if found guilty and given the maximum. If found guilty, the jurors can go zero days to, to the maximum. Okay, so here we get to Louis Morello. And this... Um, and this is the first time I went, huh? And again, before I'm going to go into it, I'm going to kind of go a, a little bit of my opinion. Remember, my opinion does not matter, but the 12 jurors do. And if I'm thinking this, maybe one, two, five, all of them are thinking this. I don't know. We'll find out uh, once they get the case. Before I get to Lewis, I think this case comes down to closing arguments. I really do. Um, I think with all right now, honestly, the jurors, I think, have heard everything. I think uh, we haven't heard from the defense yet, but we'll see how it comes. But I think they might have heard a thing. So I think I think they have an opinion. It's not final, but I think they have one as well. So, all right, here we go. Louis Murillo gets on the stand. Uh, Louis Murillo, I'll go in order here. I'll go in order here. Um, Eleven seventeen. He's on the stand. Another power flash. This one's more of a flash off then back on so that was the second one so you're like oh, here we go but uh it came back on we were able to keep going the microphones cut out but that that was easily fixed there but that was the only thing there so Louis Murillo he is friends with Zach he's been friends I think he said for six or seven years he said uh Lewis said he drove his Nissan Altima to meet with Zach at the blowout and Mallory so I think I can go ahead and say this uh, Lewis parked his vehicle on somewhere i couldn't i don't think he can remember exactly where but somewhere on harrison avenue uh whether it's over kind of by the jungle or by the blowout somewhere on harrison avenue so remember he parks his vehicle on harrison avenue keep that in mind all right uh he said he got uh so they leave the bar 11 26 p.m they leave roosters time to go home and uh he gets in Zach's truck. He gets in the back side, uh, on the driver's side, passenger side of the F-250 lifted, jacked up truck. Lewis gets in the back. He says the windows are tinted. And at this at this time, uh, going to order here. I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, so Zach's truck, if, you, if you're familiar with Roosters over there on the 300 block of West Oklahoma, Zach's truck was parked in front of Roosters. And they were obviously wanting to need to go back east and not west. So they they get out and and do a little U-turn into the parking lot across Roosters. So parked in front of Roosters, make that little turn into the parking lot, and then they make their way over to that entrance exit, the only way uh, to go out to go ultimately to the east. So Zach's truck is there parked, not parked, but ready to move out to turn right. And that's when you have the parties coming in together uh, in their argument. Uh, this is Louis Murillo's testimony here. Uh, parked, let, 
Um, he says, you don't recall yelling. Zach rolled his window down. Again, they, uh, Zach's group leaves at 1126. Mandy, Jenny, Tommy, and Josh come out about 1128. What was said, we st- still don't know what was said. There was something in, in the bar, and then they there was a hug and a handshake. It appeared to be made up, whatever that was. But then something happened. Something happened between Mandy's group and Zach's group when they walk, all walked out. Zach was in Zach, Lewis, and Mallory are in the truck. The other four come out, and something happened there. I don't know. We still still don't know what happened there. Uh, did it come from the truck first? Did it come from the other party first? Don't know. Not that that's the. It would be interesting to know that. Not that you know that what led up to all this, but. But anyway, Lewis testifies that Zach rolled down his window, um, and then ultimately uh, the passenger window also comes down. So you have an argument on this side, argument on this side. Uh, Lewis says when they made the turn, he thought it hit the curve because uh, it's a big truck. He said he felt a bump and drove off, and he couldn't hear anybody yelling from the back. Remember, uh, Josh Rutter said he ran up trying to catch a truck and was yelling uh, different things. Uh, Lewis said he did not hear any of that. Um, and so as they pulled out, Mandy's obviously hit. They pull out. Uh, Lewis says the, the then Zach parked briefly over by the police department. Uh, he said five, five to ten seconds. He parked, and then he takes off back up Oklahoma, and Lewis, see what I put in here, pull in the parking spot for five to ten seconds. He doesn't recall anyone getting out. That person not getting out is Zach. Uh, testimony said he did get in, he did get out, didn't get out. That's uh, another part that testimony's been back and forth. And then Zach drops Lewis off at the in front of the post office. Remember, Lewis was parked on the on Harrison Avenue. Okay, timeout from testimony. Here, so now here's here's my thinking. Here, I don't, this is just me. My opinion doesn't matter. Why would Lewis want to be out, or Zach wanting him out? I didn't really hear, but I would think Lewis probably. I would guess Lewis. It doesn't matter. Why would he want out the post office? Why didn't Zach drive him to where his car was at? Was did Zach know or not know that he uh, had run somebody over? If he if he didn't, did Mallory know that somebody hit him? Did Lewis know that somebody was hit? Lewis did testify that he was on his phone the entire time, wasn't paying attention, didn't want any part of the commotion, didn't want any part of that. So he's looking down at he's he testified he's looking down his phone and not paying attention to anything except for he did feel the bump. Now did Mallory see that and say, hey, you hit somebody? Did she they say, hey, you just hit somebody? Did she say that? Because remember Mallory, Mallory and Mandy are having an argument. Why Josh or Zach and the others are, are having an argument over here. And if I'm watching, if we're, if you and I are having an argument, you're going to keep your eye on me. I would, I would certainly think, uh, you know, there's something going over here, but if we're in altercation, I got to keep an eye on you. So nothing happens crazy to me. And 
member of the witness, Dominic Gwynn, did not. Uh, he saw Mandy in front, and then he didn't. He just had – he didn't see her getting run over, but he assumed she did after he went over there. So if Mallory saw Mandy get hit, does Mallory tell Zach this? And then Zach looks at the truck, doesn't see anything. And then does Lewis get nervous or – or doesn't want any part of it and says, hey, let me out here. Let me out here and let me go. Let me go. I don't want to be a part of this. I don't know. That's, that's as, as a juror, am, am I thinking that? If I'm a juror, I, I might be thinking that. Is that true? Might not be true. It might, it, uh, again, Zach thought he hit a curve. And we'll get to Zach's testimony here, or not testimony, but uh, Lieutenant Brunin's here in a second. That kind of, uh, we, we hear from Zach in an interview from Lieutenant Brunin. So that, that's an interesting coming up here in just a second. Did he get out thinking someone hit his truck? Uh, did someone hit his truck? Did they hit his mirror? So he's going to check that? Again, that's why we're at trial. I have no idea. Uh, someone had just asked, has Ma- Mallory testified? Has not, from my understanding. Um, and I don't know the, the law on this deal, but Zach and Mallory were boyfriend-girlfriend at the time. Now they're married. And so now I don't think... She can. I don't know why she can't, but I think there's something there. She can't testify or doesn't have to testify. So I don't think we're going to hear from Mallory. I hope we do. That's the missing piece. It would be great to hear from her. They're married, and uh, I I need to ask why. Why, uh, I I do need to ask why Uh, she she can if if there's a married law or married rule. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure there's something there, and I I just don't know what it is, but I need to ask that, and uh, I'll try to have that for the next update um, uh, on this case. So, so there, there's that's my. That's just how I'm. I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm thinking just like the uh, jurors are thinking. Uh, but he was dropped off at the post office. In fact, in my notes, I put dropped off at post post office. One, two, three, four, five. About eight question marks. Uh, will that be addressed? We shall see. All right. Uh, Lewis, uh, Lewis Murillo uh, continued to testify. Uh, Zach was yelling. He testified Zach was yelling. Truck was lifted, so he didn't see people. So the, the F-250 is lifted. He says the windows were, uh, his, his passenger window was tinted and rolled up, uh, and he did not hear any, yell anything. Uh, the cross-examination from the state attorney, uh, Lewis admitted he was a touch intoxicated tinted windows, uh, he was on the east lane. There's the uh, turning out of that parking lot. There's a concrete barrier. Uh, he was on the east side, which is the correct side to be on. Just small details there. Uh, he said he pulled into the PD parking spot, uh, and he said he talked to Zach the next day. Okay, so now we get to Lieutenant Mark Bruning, uh, who I thought did a great job. Uh, Lieutenant Bruning has... Uh, done many, many trials before. He knows how to do it. Uh, you can tell professional uh, investigators in all these cases, OSBI people, OHP, they, they go to school on, on trials. And one of, the, one of the first things you can always tell when they know what they're doing is when they talk to the jurors. The question's asked from the attorney, and then they talk to the jurors. And so they're looking at them as they communicate. That's the first sign that, uh, that allows me to know they've done this before. And obviously, Lieutenant Bruning has done this before. And uh, I thought he did a great job. 
Very, very interesting. I forgot. I cannot believe I didn't mention this the first two times on, on, on this podcast. But remember when Lieutenant Bruning went through his uh, deal with the city and ultimately won uh, his deal with the city, his attorney was Scott Adams. The defense attorney in this one is Scott Adams. So you have uh, Br- uh, Bruning and Adams who were, you know, were together, and now – it's back and forth in, in a criminal case. I thought that was uh, a bit interesting. But uh, uh, Mark Mark uh, d- did very, very well. Uh, the ones who aren't trained in this deal, who aren't uh, used to trials, uh, Scott Adams was able to get to him a little bit. Uh, I thought Tommy McClure did a good job, but uh, uh, Lieutenant Bruning was not intimidated by any means. And it, it can be very easily be intimidated by uh, someone like Scott Adams in a court setting. He, he's really, really good. But uh, Mark Bruning did that very good. So moving on, uh, Lieutenant Bruning was the first one on the stand at one thirty, and the state interviewed him all the way to about four Oh five. And then uh, uh, Scott Adams uh, had questions back and forth with Bruning all the way up till five o'clock. So, uh, uh, Lieutenant Bruning was on the stand the entire afternoon. Lieutenant Bruning's been in the uh, courtroom the entire time at the uh, states at the state's table, so he's heard every he's heard every testimony uh, so far in the first three days now. Okay, so um, I'm trying not to go over a lot of the stuff. We're starting to hear a lot of repeat, repeat, repeat in this case, so I'm not going to try to uh, repeat everything that we've kind of gone over so far in the first. Now three uh, podcast here. Um, so Lieutenant Bruning is notified that there's an audio pedestrian accident and that someone has uh, passed away. That was at one thirty. He was notified that uh, obviously soon after that, because he's in the criminal investigations department and he's the lead in that one has been for, for years now, uh, Lieutenant. Um, but uh, he's, they, they find out Zach Simmons, uh, burning places call, trying to get a hold of Zach Simmons. No, no, uh, uh, did not respond by phone. I don't know if it went straight to voicemail. It might have, uh, the Logan County Sheriff's office went out to the, to the mall hall house that they believed was part of it. Uh, the vehicle was not there. Fast forward. Ultimately they had gone to Mallory's house who, uh, apparently lived in Dover at the time. Uh, Scott Adams kind of alluded to that. The cell service may or may not have been that great uh, over in the Dover area. So that's why Zach uh, may or may not have answered the phone. They somehow get a hold of Zach's father and says, hey, we need, we need Zach to call me. So uh, Zach calls him back pretty quick. And uh, Lieutenant Bruning says, gets a hold of Zach, hey, I need you to come down to the police department a a, a person's toes have been ran over. Uh, yes, someone's toes have been ran over. And so they, they communicate and say, okay, um, I, uh, they agree that they can, and Bernie says, I need the truck, I need you to bring the truck as well so they can do measurements. So they meet, they agreed to meet at the police department, Zach, Bernie, and the truck to meet at 5.30 at the police department. Well, Zach's father arrives at the police department at four o'clock with the truck. Zach's not there. And, um, and Mark's like, where's, where's, where's Zach? Fast forward. Zach arrives at five fifteen, and at the police department and Mark, uh, Lieutenant Bruning says, 
uh, someone has died. Someone has died from this deal uh, that happened last night. And so while I'm certain we will not hear Zach Simmons testify, testify on uh, at the trial, but, but they played the interview between Bruning and Zach Simmons in, inside the interview room. So jurors got to hear Zach Simmons. They got to hear how he sounded. They got to hear how um, Lieutenant Bruning did his investigations. So we won't ha- more than likely we won't have Zach Simmons at the witness stand, but we did hear him and he- heard his side of the story uh, in that interview the day after the day after uh, this event. And uh, as you can imagine, if you see any of those police shows, uh, it wasn't exactly um, you know like. Th- it was pretty close, I should say, pretty close. So like the first 48, if you hear, go back and forth, they're having a discussion, never got angry. You know, Lieutenant Bruning, uh, level calm, trying to get the information uh, from Zach. You can tell Lieutenant Bruning wasn't really buying what Zach was saying. Uh, but uh, Zach said, I, I should say this, I forgot this. When Lieutenant Bruning told uh, Zach that some someone's toes had gotten run over, he said, I didn't run, any, I didn't run anybody over. I didn't run any toes over. And so he was, he was certain that he didn't run anybody over as, as he was telling Lieutenant Bruning. So he gets to the police department, and Lieutenant Bruning says, this is a fatality uh, accident now. Uh, and so they, uh, Lieutenant Bruning, Miranda's, Miranda, Miranda, gives him a Miranda right, excuse me. And then they go in and have this interview, which we hear uh, yesterday, uh, 20, 25 minutes, and uh, Lieutenant Bruning's asking questions. Uh, what's going on back and forth. And then Lieutenant Bruning uh, went a little bit harder on Zach and Zach just continued to die. I did not run anybody over. I didn't, I didn't run over any toe, you know, at the time toes, but now he goes, I didn't, I didn't see her. I didn't run her over. I, you know, um, go back to my notes here real quick. I was going off my memory here. So uh, they played the interview. Uh, Zach said at one time, one beer, maybe two beers. Then later, uh, this is in, in the interview. He said, "Well, Lewis bought me two, and I bought and I bought one, and I had circled three. And he says, "The most five beers is what Zach said. He had more than five beers. Um, he kept saying, "I don't know that. Um, I didn't know that that it happened. I would have stopped and helped her if I knew." Is what Zach said. Uh, he goes, "I'm not a violent person." This is an interview with Bruning. I'm not a violent person. Uh, I was scared. And he said, I was scared of the group coming. And Lieutenant Bruning back there goes, you know, you're scared of two females in your big truck. Uh, they had that back and forth uh, there. Um, he, Zach said, I felt threat, threatened when they came came at, at me. And then uh, Mark's, Mark, uh, Lieutenant Bruning goes, why did you, why, why did you uh, stop? If you, if you weren't scared. Okay. So, um, remember opening statements. I'm sure we'll hear this on Monday opening statements. Uh, Scott Adams had said there was a big gas tank in the back of the truck. And so I'm still waiting to see on the, you know, hitting the curb. Did Zach think he hit the curb? Did he think it was the gas tank? You know, there's a lot of the, you know, what was Zach 
I'm uh, doing it. I can also say, uh, Lieutenant Bruning's, I got some more notes over here. I apologize. Uh, Lieutenant Bruning asked Zach, what should happen? You know, what, ha- what should happen? I mean, what, 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 what do we, what would you do if I, if you were me, what, what should happen? And, uh, Zach responded, what happens happens. Uh, Zach also, uh, I said this a couple days ago, but, uh, Zach also said, I didn't know, uh, anyone had told me, um, that someone was hit. I didn't know until you told me that someone had been hit. And then uh, Mark, uh, Lieutenant Bruning's looking for answers. And uh, he tells Zach, she suffered. Mandy suffered. I mean, she, she just didn't die. She suffered. And, of course, as you can imagine, the family members, uh, you know, broke down with that again. Uh, at this time, I... I I'm, I'm like trying to write notes, but I'm also trying to look at reactions. The jurors, by the way, have been, they have been locked in. They have done a great job of, of concentrating on this case. Uh, the family members to my left have, have uh, obviously emotional for the second time. Uh, emotional throughout the entire thing, but true emotion uh, after Lieutenant Bruning said she had suffered. Um, obviously, no one ever wants to hear that. Uh, but I did look at Zach, and his face was a little bit more red than normal uh, that I noticed. And, uh, and I, again, I put all caps, listening intently. The jurors are listening very, very in, intently. Um, exhibits 40 through 47 are the truck photos. And I don't think I – I think they were passed around to the jurors. The equipment, the technology in the courtroom needs to be updated bad. Uh, but uh, I did not – us in the um, in the gallery did not see those photos. I don't think they're real. Didn't have anything. There was a dent uh, on that passenger side, but again, we didn't get to see that there. Um, again, my, I'm going off my notes. Uh, Zach was notified 30 minutes prior to that interview uh, that she had uh, indeed died and not necessarily her foot was run over scott adams like so you lied you know you lied he goes yeah i was wanting to get him there i was wanting you know we're trying to find him and i I wanted him there um which i that's been done before osbi agents have said you know things to to get him there um so after the interview they go out and take a look at the scene and at that time uh zach simmons is placed in custody and is charged or is arrested, excuse me, is arrested. Cross-examination with Scott Adams, with Lieutenant Bruning. Uh, they kind of go over the timeline. Uh, Mark was noti- uh, Lieutenant Bruning was notified at 2 a.m. He went from his, uh, his residence to the hospital and left the hospital around 4 o'clock. Uh, phone calls Zach and Mallory, interviewed uh, Tommy McClure, who was arrested for going inside and swinging. Uh, at somebody, he was arrested, and so he went to the Guthrie uh, Guthrie City Jail. Mark interviewed him around. 10, uh, Lieutenant Bruning interviewed him around ten thirty. Uh, again, uh, Zach denied running over someone's toes at the time. Uh, he agrees to meet with Mark at five thirty. Uh, the dad shows up at four thirty, and Mark's like, "Where is, where is Zach?" And so Zach shows up at 5.15. He was at Brahms with his mother. Uh, Interview happens. Uh, Never saw a truck speeding away. Never saw a truck. Not sure what that 
what that means on my notes, but uh, the the fuel tank that we talked about uh, that was in the back, that was removed. Uh, Zach dropped that off with, I believe, his father uh, at Highway 51. So the fuel tank was not there. And I think that's the end of my notes on Lieutenant Bruning's investigation. Yeah. So Lieutenant Bruning, was, again, was on from 1.30 to 5 o'clock the entire afternoon. So that was the testimony on... Thursday, and so again, the, jur- the the state has to prove that he left the scene of a fatality accident. Um, it's a tough. It's tough. Um, you never know how jurors are thinking. Are they thinking the way I was thinking, or completely opposite of what I'm thinking? And what I'm thinking is just the is. Is will that be brought in closing arguments? Will all these different pu- pieces of the puzzle come together during closing arguments? And I said earlier, I think this comes down to closing arguments. I thought Lieutenant Bruning came across very, very well for the state. So, do the jurors, you know, because Mark and Lieutenant Bruning was showing, you know, the emotion side. Man, someone died. I mean, I mean, you didn't, you didn't feel that. And, but Zach would say. Uh, well, we don't. We, Zach never did say that he hit a curb or the gas tank or anything that in the back. None of that came up. Um, so the jurors probably have all these different ideas. That, like I, that's going through my brain. How will the attorneys for both sides piece it all together in their closing arguments? That will be. I think that's what it comes down to. I I don't think there's a whole lot more out there that we don't know. I could. I, we haven't heard from the defense yet, so there's just going to be a handful of, of defense uh, witnesses on Monday, and I think this could go to the jurors on Monday, no later than Tuesday. So it's simply, uh, a, uh, I, I think that's what it comes down to. And again, if you missed any of these uh, first couple uh, a podcast, I didn't go into all those again just so you can watch those. But okay, take a look at some of the comments here, and I hope I can answer some of these guys, um, you're probably just as confused. Um, let's see here. Why, uh, Jordan Tully asked, why is it not murder charges? Yes. Or manslaughter charges or involuntary manslaughter. Uh, yes. Uh, oops. Send it there for our video audience. Audi- uh, again, why was not murder charges? Remember Zach, uh, left, so there was no. It was the day after, so you know you can't. There was no um, you, blood alcohol. You don't know what that was. Um, no one. Yeah, that's. I I've asked that question, and I haven't really got a good answer yet. And the attorneys aren't going to talk a whole lot um, during the trial, but that's that's a good question. Uh, Jordan asked another question. She asked, will they bring up he was arrested later on drinking and driving? Jordan, the answer to that is no. That, uh, that came after and it has, this is a, this is its own, its own case. Now, could it come up in the past during that? Uh, it could, but, um, but that has nothing to do with this case. So that will not be brought up. Uh, Martha asked, has Mallory testified? Uh, 
And that answer, I think I answered that earlier. She has not. I don't know. I sounds like she won't from what I'm hearing. She won't. I hope she does that. That will, that will help with my thinking. Uh, did she know that Mandy got hit again? We're having an argument. You and I are having arguments and there's another argument over here. I'm keeping my eye on you. And this is me thinking, you know, I see you, I see you and takes off. And then I don't see you. Or maybe she was looking over here in the argument and they took off. Maybe she's saying, Zach, drive off, drive off. And she's not looking at her. I don't, it would be great if we heard from Mallory. Uh, Jim Case, maybe got out, uh, talking about Lewis Murillo, got out because Zach was too drunk to ride with. Could be. I, it sounded like from, from Lewis' testimony, he didn't want to be any part of, of it. He didn't want any part of the argument, didn't want any part of the fighting and just wanted out of it. He said he was on his phone when they were text when they were yelling. He wasn't paying attention who was yelling what or who started didn't, didn't say anything. But um he, I think that answers your question, Jim, but um yeah, it could be there. I mean, could be another scenario. I didn't think about that one, but it could be. But you got in the truck with him originally and it was only a block or two, not that anything can happen in a block or two, but um, um, Heather, if you are married, the spouse cannot testify against each other. Yeah, that's right. Um, that's what I was told as well, Heather. So, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, I get that. It's, I, I don't want to, I don't want to be opinion. So, okay, I'll just say it. And, I, and I'm just, I'm thinking, and I could be completely wrong, but, in, in opening or open statements, they did say Zach and, and Mallory are married. Uh, I do believe that, that. I believe that did come up. But did they know that before trial? I don't know. I just did they know that? Hey, you don't have to testify if we get married. I, it might be true love. I don't know. I don't know. I wish we can hear from Mallory though. Spassel. Okay, thank you, Courtney. There's um, uh, Courtney says. It's called spousal privilege. Think of it like the attorney-client privilege. Yeah, that's a good way to say it. Uh, Jim Case, spouse not... Oops, I don't know why that happened. Spouse isn't required to. She can, but it's up to her. If if that's if, if that's correct, then... Yeah. Um, Martha, but at the time they were not married, they should not apply at the time. Ryan Big says, once married, it doesn't matter. It looks like, uh, let me read this here. It looks like, and this has to be, Sean, said, Sean Turk says, it's called marital privilege. She's, she's not required to, but can be compelled to since the event happened before the marriage. I think what Sean and others, I think that's what I'm starting to think as well. I don't know that rule or law or whatever that is, but uh, it, it, must be a, it must be a thing because, um, from my understanding, Mallory will not be testifying uh, in this case. I'm just now catching up with comments. Martha kind of said what I was thinking, didn't want to say, but uh, I did say it. But uh, um, Sorry, let's see. I think that, uh, Carol 
Um, I don't know if you, it might be better if you watch day one, day two, or this last one, but, uh, who is Zach's girlfriend? Uh, it has, uh, in, in the trial, it's, uh, now Mallory Simmons. She was in the passenger seat, uh, in the F-250. So, all right. looks like those are all the questions I see. If there's a few, I'll give you a few more seconds here to get those in. But, um, again, um, no trial today on Friday. 89ers courthouse is closed, and it will pick back up on Monday. Monday, Monday, Monday. Tracy Williams. More of a statement. If both people married or not were at the scene, a part of the incident, I would want the answers. That's exactly right. That's exactly, I 100% agree. I would want 100% agree, and I'm sure that's probably the the things that the defense attorney Scott Adams has to has to think. Do I want her on the stand? Do I not want her on the stand? Um, because obviously, if with that if that rule of law, whatever she since they're married can't testify, um, the state can't make her do that. Then if that's what it is. But if she wanted to, then Scott Adams, the attorney, could call her as a witness. If it's going to help Zach's case, then I would certainly think Scott Adams would put her on the, on the witness, witness stand and get some of these questions that I have brought up that you guys have brought up. So, yeah, by law, she, the state can't make her. But if she wanted to and it was going to help Zach Simmons out, Scott Adams would put her on the stand. Willie, we don't know. We don't know. That comes up on, uh, that could come up on uh, Monday, possibly. That's the missing piece. That's the part I would like to hear from as well. Because was she looking at Mandy when the vehicle took off? Obviously, Mandy was struck by the vehicle. There's, it's obvious that's what happened. Did Zach Simmons know what happened? Did he know? Did he find out? When did he... When did he find out? Was the first time he found out was from Lieutenant Bruning? Or did maybe Mallory tell him? Or did maybe Lewis? We don't, you know, that's the part. That's the part. I think I got a comment piled up here. Could Mallory be charged for after the fact? Um, I don't think so. Um, this, again, this took place October 26, 2019. Um, I, I'm not certain on that. Um I, I, and I see Ross is coming. I think it's too long to put on the screen. Uh, what, why do you think Mallory wasn't charged? I, I don't know if he's talking to me or somebody else on here, but, um, I don't, I guess I, I haven't looked, I, I haven't heard anything. Nothing's come up. I haven't, um, uh, I haven't seen or heard or read anything about her being charged, uh, for anything, uh, regarding this case. So, um, I'm not, a hundred percent certain. So man, I've gone almost 50 minutes on here. I appreciate everybody. It, it is a tough deal. And remember the, someone lost their life and the family is going through a tough, tough deal. And, uh, you know, we're just trying to find the answers, trying to get all the answers as we can, not trying not to have any speculations, just looking for some answers. And hopefully I'm relaying that as best as I can. Um, obviously the attorneys aren't going to talk a whole lot. The family, 
uh, is not talking a whole lot as, as well. I've talked to some of the family members and, uh, um, they're, uh, obviously letting the attorneys do all the work and not speaking a whole lot. I'm sure we might hear from them next week after the case, uh, is decided by the jurors. So anyway, um, I hope kind of gives you on what happened on day three, which was yesterday. I appreciate all the questions, comments. You guys keep them going. Uh, hopefully, uh, we'll have more on Monday that we can discuss in, in this trial here. Um, just real quick, kind of a, a scope there. You have the jurors, you have the state's attorneys, you have the defense attorneys, you have you have the family of Mandy Gorsuch and friends over there. Uh, there, I, I have not seen. There was uh, one lady there. Thursday, I did not recognize her, and I, I didn't uh, find out who she was, but uh, I have not seen any uh, family members uh, in the courtroom, maybe because they will testify, but uh, no one, no friends or family for Zach Simmons that I'm aware of have been in the courtroom uh, this for the first three days of this trial, maybe because they're going to testify. Not sure, but uh, anyway. Okay, appreciate it, everybody. It is 89ers weekend. Have a great, great Friday, Saturday. Hopefully you get to spend a lot of time with the family members. Uh, if you want to watch Guthrie baseball, they have a big district game with El Reno tonight at Squires Field, 5 o'clock. Then after that, we have a home run derby, alumni home run derby, and then the big, big parade on Saturday. Uh, we got a promo on Guthrie News page Facebook. The link is on the YouTube page as well. Click, subscribe, like, click that bell. Also, hit that set reminder for when we go live. You know we're live. And, yes, I want, hopefully, everyone to go to the parade. But if you can't go there or if your family or friends don't live in Guthrie anymore, let them know about that link, and they can watch the parade uh, on their phone, tablet, or, or TV, all that good stuff. So uh, have a great 80 hours weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you on Monday after day four of the Zach Simmons trial here in Logan County. Goodbye.